Today, every day, small cap investors visit Agoracom knowing this is the day to discover the world's next great company to have their dreams come true. That's why I take to the open road to find them, to tell their stories, to engage them, to bring them to life because they want to connect with you from your office, your phone, your home, anywhere. Agoracom, find your dream. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Agoracom in which we speak to small cap executives right after they put out important news with us today. He's been on twice already in 2020. He's back in for a third time, Steve McCauley. He's CEO at Empower Clinics, trades on the CSE under the stock symbol, CBDT. Can't, can't forget that symbol. For our friends in the U.S. under EPWCF and for our friends in Europe on Frankfurt under 8EC. For those of you who are new to the story, Empower is a vertically integrated CBD life science company. What does that mean? Well, they're a multi-state operator of medical health and wellness clinics where they've got 165,000 patients and more than just lip service there. Q4 patient visits were up 351%. February patient visits were up 800% alone and the company's generating great revenue out of all that. The concern we all had was, as we've seen what's happened with Corona, uh, you know, and places being shut down, social distancing, business being forced shut down, would this impact Empower Clinics? The answer is no, because the press release today, I'm going to read you a headline. Empower Clinics daily patient count continues at a record pace with medical cannabis certifications deemed an essential service. Steve, welcome back to the show. Thank you, George. I appreciate the time as always. Hope you're safe and sound first and foremost. And for everyone who's watching Thank at you. home, I hope everybody, as you can see, Steve's isolated. I'm at the home office. We hope all of you are practicing safe social distancing. Listen to your experts. How, how are you doing, Steve? Hey, we're, we're doing great. We're just uh, all of us trying to uh, assess, you know, how do we approach each day in uh, this new world? It seems like within, you know, one week, it's uh, turned upside down for all of us. Uh, and rightfully so, we need, you know, we, we need to help you know, as a society, protect each other um, until we understand what's going to happen with this, uh, this coronavirus and the, and the potential pandemic that we're under. So we, like all other businesses, um, are having to rapidly adjust, change, um, figure out what to do for ourselves. And in our particular case, it's figuring out how to accommodate our patients and the patient's needs. Okay, so before we even get to that, the biggest concern I had over the, because you know, I always think about my clients and no matter what's going on in the economy, every day I'm constantly thinking about how does this impact client A, has impact client B. One thing that everyone's heard me rave about over and over again is that Empower just has this fantastic database and it's got all these customers coming in, clients coming into the, uh, into the clinics, numbers are skyrocketing. And then the first thing I thought about in the last few days was, uh-oh. <laughs> Will Steve and Empower have to shut down? Um, uh, and is that going to impact the company right away? Is that going to put a chokehold on the company? But that's not the case. So tell us what's going on. In fact, it seems like it's been the opposite. Tell us, tell us what's going on with the clinics. Yeah, it's, it's been kind of a remarkable phenomenon. And, and it, it's, it's actually logical when you think about it and you understand uh, the U.S. framework on healthcare. 
our patients are not canceling their appointments. Our patients are calling us asking, are we going to be closing our doors? And our response is, no, we're not. So in the two main states that we operate, which is Arizona and the state of Oregon, mm -hmm. both of those states have declared states of emergency as a result of the uh, coronavirus outbreak that's taking place around the country. What that does for us, we are a registered medical facility, uh, healthcare you know, practitioners or practice. And as such, our services now fall into the category of an essential service. Therefore, uh, any mandated closures for uh, operations, businesses that we're seeing throughout North America um, are not impacting us. What has impacted us is um, making broad changes and, and, and changing operational processes to accommodate uh, our patients' needs, our staffing needs, uh, the concepts of social distancing. Because when you think about clinic, you think about a gathering place. And, and typically, if you saw our clinic waiting rooms, you would see a lot of people in the waiting room waiting for their particular appointment. Right, That's all right. changed. But, but the good thing is it didn't change because people aren't showing up. It's changing just because, all right, you've got to make sure you're spacing. George is going to come in, then Mary's going to come in, then Bob's going to come in. You're just going to make sure. But the traffic being up 800% February, I mean, that's massive. Yeah. But that was probably too early for Corona. That wasn't the impact of Corona. No, uh, no. Let's talk about where that came from. And now let's talk about what you think might be happening in, in March where we're right in the thick of it. But just that 800% gain in February alone is, is massive. What do, you that, what, do you, what do you attribute that to? Well, the, the February gains on January and on the fourth quarter are a direct reflection of the strong acquisition that we did uh, last year, which closed in May, which was the Sun Valley Clinics, uh, which we've rebranded now to Sun Valley Health. So that group um, overlaid on the historic volumes um, is just really math. The acquisition is, uh, was very accretive and we're just continuing to see the benefit of loading up uh, that number of clinics. So we have five operating clinics in, in Arizona, four around uh, Greater Phoenix. So that really was driving the big impact on year over year. But what we're also seeing out of the groups, all of our clinics are performing. All of them are cash flowing, sure. and it's, that is just um, solid operations uh, at the operation level every single day, at the management level every single day in our clinics. You bring on the current state of the union with coronavirus, and you know, it, had, it had the potential impact to just completely shut down and disrupt you know, everything that we did or would do. A lot do. of companies are going through that right now. They just... Yeah. All of a sudden, no cash flow, no employees, they, and, they, yeah. and they're scrambling, but that's not the case with you. Yeah, so in our particular case, uh, you know, we, we had to rethink everything. We had to rethink, you know, how do you, how do you deal with volume of traffic coming in and social distancing? And the concept as a good social citizen of uh, attempting to maintain less than 10 people in a facility at any one point in time. So we're doing that, and that includes our staff because it is important for us to also protect the safe and healthy of our, the safety and health of our staff sure. as it is the safety and health of our patients. So we, we, you know, we really have to pay attention to that. So what we've done to accommodate that is we have communicated with patients and we said, hey, we'll get your paperwork to you, but stay in your car. 
and fill it out in your car. Got we'll it. phone you, we'll text message you when you need to come into the facility. And we've put up uh, different signage. We've put signage, uh, you know, placards on, on the uh, reception desk, letting all of our patients know all the steps that we've taken to disinfect, deep clean, hygiene, uh, and why we're doing it, and, and really following the CDC guidelines uh, for this, which we watch every day. We've also put signs on the front door of the facilities, letting patients know if they feel ill, if they have a fever, if they have a cough or a cold, or they think they may have even come in, in contact with someone recently with those same symptoms, we respectfully ask that you don't enter our facility. And so we're, you know, and we're looking you're at- giving, You're uh, giving great comfort to everybody who needs their medication that at the same time, they're not subjecting themselves to possibly an even riskier, uh, riskier behavior. Um, I'm correct. And, you know, these are difficult uh, conversations to have, but I think our belief is that generally speaking, society wants to help each other and would understand. And so, uh, but we have to communicate. We can't just assume that people will know that. So we have to put, you know, create these documents and signage and get them up immediately. Uh, we're looking at protocols right now of, of taking temperatures of all people entering our facilities. Um, we talked about that with our team members this morning in our weekly call. And so we have the uh, digital thermometers um, already in each of our facilities, but we need to make sure that there's a, a correct process and protocol um, for taking temperatures. And then if someone is showing signs of temperatures above uh, 100, uh, what's the communication back to that particular patient in a, in a kind and respectful manner? Now, with that all in place, mm -hmm. let's go back. So that's all, that's great. Now let's go back to, you said something interesting earlier in the, in the interview where you said, our, our patients are not uh, canceling their visits. They're, they need their... Talk to us about the need, and especially now, why they need you more than ever, because this is important for everyone to understand. Yeah, and, and especially in the context of the medical framework of the United States, where there are numerous amounts of our patients who don't have a traditional medical coverage or a healthcare program. And in many cases, we, in fact, are their kind of de facto primary caregiver uh, where they get to access, you know, a licensed uh, physician. So the feedback that we're getting from our patient base is anxiety levels, stress levels are at all time high. Peaking, if, higher than everything we've ever seen. Higher than ever before. And if you have uh, a more complex condition such as PTSD, where uh, stress and anxiety have an even more detrimental effect on, on how you operate, if that patient was to lose access to their plant-based medicine, it could be catastrophic to them. And, and even potentially catastrophic on society because it may put that patient back into the traditional system, which is already overloaded. It almost guaranteed will put them back into the traditional yeah, system, right? Yeah. Because now they're helpless, they're, they've got nothing, and now they just put a strain on the existing system. Where So the, the existing system right now is loving empower clinics well we think you're that you're taking the strain off we do we think that and this is why you know we should be considered an essential service i mean this is medicine uh for our patients and again just reiterating anxiety levels stress levels 
Uh, that has the impact to increase your chronic pain if you have chronic pain. It impacts PTSD if you have PTSD. So to the extent that you do not lose continuity in access to your plant-based medicine, then you as an uh, individual patient um, should be remain better or, or, or stay more calm and, and feel better each day while all of this is taking place. So that's the message that we're getting is patients do not want to lose access. And in a medical state like Arizona, if you don't have your certification up to date, you cannot buy product. So it's, it's that serious in, in a medical state and a medical framework like Arizona. Just throwing something at the wall here, just, you know, just kind of thinking off, uh, off the cuff as we're talking. I'm assuming this does, does this also uh, apply to traditional just dispensaries, you know, or are they, or are they being shut down, which means you'll have even more potential customers looking to the clinic in order to help themselves. I'm just not sure what that answer is, but I thought it was worth exploring for a second. Sure. So what were the reports that we're getting both federal versions and state versions, but um, dispensaries are typically are, are, are governed by uh, their state law. What we're seeing are under the state of emergency guidelines, dispensaries being deemed an essential service. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're getting report, we're monitoring these reports each day, not only in the state of Arizona or the state of Oregon where we're operating, but we're just looking at what's going on around the country right now so that we can provide the correct guidance uh, to uh, our patients. We can provide guidance and thought leadership to our dispensary partners because the dispensaries look to us for um, professionalism and the latest answers on rules and guidelines because uh, we pride ourselves on being that thought leader. So at this stage, what we're seeing, and, and who knows if it changes, but what we're seeing is under the framework of states of emergency that dispensaries are uh, being considered an essential service. Right. So uh, patients can get access to their plant-based medicine options that they're looking for. Hey, Steve, is it safe to assume, and uh, I know it's, we're you know, two-thirds of the way through March, so you may not have your numbers, but is it safe to assume that either and or, so first, existing customers you know, may, become, may, may be increase their purchases and products that they, that they want to use and, and need to use, and two, uh, is it possible that George, who has never been a patient of yours before, is dealing with stress, dealing with anxiety, deal, and suddenly says, I got to go to that clinic. I mean, I've, I've seen it all the time when I go to the bank or when I go to the coffee shop, never gone in, but I, I need help or my wife needs help. My loved one needs help. We're going in. Do you think that's, that's happening as a tour or do you think it might happen? And I know you're going on imperfect data, but I figure there's nobody better last than you. Yeah. I don't think that we have, you know, uh, tangible data back uh, on, on those two kind of components right now. I do, however, feel that it's perfectly reasonable, perfectly logical think so. um, to say that in both cases, one, uh, that people may purchase more product now with the concept of either they're, they're using more because of the heightened uh, anxiety and stress and or they're purchasing more to have more stock and inventory for themselves uh, because they don't know you know, will, will things run out like we see on, on, the, on the store shelves right now? Actually, um, that's a great question. Is there a threat to your supply chain? I didn't even think about that. So since you kind of approach it there, is there a threat to your supply chain at all? 
Um, well, again, with the, with the dispensaries being mandated uh, an essential service, we would hope that that supply chain doesn't get choked. Uh, but again, I don't think that we really know yet. Uh, but I do believe that the industry kind of needs to think about that and figure that out. To the second point, I think, again, it's perfectly reasonable that new patients will show up. Again, if the traditional supply chain of accessing your doctor, what we're all being told is if it's a non-essential visit to your healthcare practitioner, defer it. And so I think a, a number of consumers or patients may say, well, if, if I was on the fence before, I, I'm going to go down this path now as an alternative because I've got health clinics that um, are available and are open. And right. I see in the news that dispensaries are also open. So I think I might go and try some plant-based options for myself also. And knowing, and a lot of people, a lot of people still will not know this because more and more people are meeting you with every interview, but you know, knowing you as a Six Sigma certified executive under Jack Welch himself, that program at, at GE, I'm presuming that the, you already had amazing marketing uh, uh, programs built in phone, email, all of that. Uh, safe to assume uh, uh, you guys are kicking that into higher gear now because you've got this massive patient database that, uh, that has even more reason to come in. So how, how's your marketing changed uh, in the last two weeks? You know, I think that the, uh, the standard uh, marketing protocols that we've been following for a very long time are all still in place. The changes are how we're using it um, and the messaging. So as I said earlier, we've had to create signs and placards that we didn't have before. We created a social media communication plan about just best practices for um, you know, keeping your hands clean, uh, for disinfecting workstations and computers and uh, social distancing. So again, we're trying to be a thought leader with our own database and our own following uh, because we think it's the right thing to do to begin with, we have and the thought leadership does lead to business at the end of the day. So it's a double benefit, right? When you're educating people and really <clears throat> providing that leadership, it builds confidence, which leads to more business. Um, well, in, in theory and in principle, yes. But I, I think it's for us, it starts from we always talk about taking care of our patients' needs first and, of course, our employees' needs. These are just some of the we, we have the platforms already. So I think it's incumbent upon us to utilize them to improve communication uh, and use social networks and channels uh, so people can take it and forward to their friends and loved ones and, and get this incremental effect. If that comes back to our brand in a positive way and translates to new traffic, then you know, that would be wonderful. Uh, but I don't think it's you know, kind of where our motivation uh, where right. it stems from. And sorry, and, and if, I, if I appear to be like the capitalist pig, <laughs> it's because no matter what, I'm always in, in selling mode. And, but I'm not, I'm not on the medical side as you guys are. So obviously you have a different motivation, but that's where my mind goes. And, I, and I'm going to assume shareholders at home are going to be thinking the same thing. They'll be like, hey, this is all fine and dandy will lead to more business, right? So well, and, and that, that's how we're thinking on this end of the, of the, of the screen. And it's why we have to uh, take the time uh, to use these forums and this channel of Agoracom uh, because we do need to, I need to communicate with our shareholder base and our followers and investors that um, we're still here. Uh, we're working hard each and every day to try to figure out our role in this rapidly changing society. And if you didn't fully understand what we do each day, 
uh, in seeing you know hundreds of patients every single day, uh, you know we're still doing it. Uh, we uh, we haven't you know laid off employees. We haven't shut down facilities. We're extending yeah, saying something. Right. We're extending hours of operations. Wow. Um, you know we have a lot of uh, young uh, people that work in our clinics. And they have young families to support and take care of and uh, childcare and, and, and aspects like that. So, you know, it's, it, can, it's, it can be very daunting and it can be nerve wracking. There's a lot of trepidation uh, with, with all of us in society. So I'm uh, thankful that we're able to, to continue to operate the way that we are. No disruption to payroll. Um, everybody's working their same hours and same shifts. And, uh, and I hope that that continues that way. And we're, you know, we're looking at all options that are available to us with different government programs that may come available uh, to help uh, stay, further stabilize our business and operation. Yeah, and not necessarily because you need it, but it's prudent, right? At the end of the day, you, you got to be prudent. But we, you know, look, your, your traffic was up 361% in Q4. It was up 800% in February. So I think uh, you know, you're almost underselling yourself at the end of the day because the fact of the matter is it's not the case where you, you're not just here but you are, you're putting forth some, some great numbers. Can I switch gears with you for a second, Steve, yes. and ask you about, uh, you're not a one-trick pony company. I mean, if this is all you had, this is a company, you know, this is a mega company in the making over the next three to five years, you know, just this alone. But you've also got this fantastic joint venture on your extraction facility with Heritage Cannabis in Oregon, 50-50, uh, where you're putting up you know, the facility, the license, they're putting up the cash, uh, what's the status of that of that JV right now on the extraction side? Because that that also further uh, uh, further progresses your vertical integration plans, which means you control your supply chain. So where is that right now, and, and especially under these circumstances? Yeah, so uh, there's really quite a lot of progress was made over the last um, little while on that. So uh, you know everything is still moving forward with. Uh, uh, the JV with Heritage Cannabis. We, uh, Heritage formed its legal entities for the US, which would be its 50% holder of the JV. We formed our new entity and I've formed the new JV company already. We just completed the paperwork on that. Nice. Uh, um, at the, uh, we, we started the formation work last week. We got all the confirmations in. We've got our EIN registration numbers. Uh, we're opening the bank account for the JV entity and continuing forward. We've got POs been issued for some preliminary equipment. Uh, what we don't know right now is uh, lead times uh, and getting that, those first pieces of equipment into the facility. But in terms of the spirit of our transaction, uh, you know, we have you know, no intention of that changing and moving forward. And we're continuing That's great to do, news. Yeah, continue to do the, you know, take the steps that we can control right now ourselves and, and keep working on it uh, remotely uh, with distance. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's continuing to move forward as planned. So uh, if everything goes well with the extraction facility side, and it looks like things are progressing nicely, which is great to hear. Great to hear. If everything, if everything you know, progresses as planned, do you, would, can you see, can you see in the, uh, you know, down the road ballpark when you actually might be producing actual extract and all, and, and, and all that? Yeah, well, so what we decided to do with that facility is uh, actually order and bring in the post-production equipment first. So that would be things like gel cap machines and, and tincture uh, filling uh, right. 
machinery, labeling, packaging, storage, because uh, the lead times on extraction equipment are a little bit longer, uh, but it doesn't stop us from getting into the revenue stream and bringing that manufacturing in-house. All we would be doing is sourcing the distillate, sourcing the isolate, but getting or gaining all that margin by starting the operations of the post-production, but in the facility. So that we sort of like flipped it on its head a little bit uh, because we knew, I mean, I've, I've access to uh, high quality uh, hemp derived CBD distillate isolate. So it doesn't preclude me from starting that next phase of our operation sooner rather than later. Uh, so, you know, we'd anticipated that, you know, we would see first revenues coming in the second quarter, uh, a little bit later in the second quarter. So we'll see what happens now uh, with this. You know, I'm, I can't really comment yet um, until we see it all kind of play out. And I'm working very closely with Clint Sharples, the, the CEO of Heritage and their team. And we'll just continue to update everybody on, on that continued progress. But the great thing is going ahead as planned, everything's moving forward. Uh, so, you know, you're, you guys are going to get there. If it's not Q2, Q3, just, it all depends on Corona for now, but otherwise you're pretty much on schedule. Uh, well, we are, I mean, at this That's stage correct. we are. And uh, so we'll just continue to update everybody on that progress. We'll do everything that we can uh, to deliver it to the market. And, you know, obviously our, our clinic operations, uh, you know, are, are solid and are thriving right now. So we're, we're grateful for that. And we're, we're grateful to be able to continue to um, serve our patients and, and keep our employee base solid and, and uh, you know, getting, getting their paychecks every two weeks. Well, if and when the extraction facility is done, then at that point, I think Empower becomes unstoppable uh, because you've got the clinics on the front end, massive patient databases, growth on traffic, uh, on, on foot traffic, let alone, I know the e-commerce plans, we can't go over everything today, but we've already discussed e-commerce plans in previous press releases. Then you add the extraction side on, and then, I don't know, I think at that point, it becomes unstoppable, and I can't wait until, until that happens. Yeah, and we, and we also continue to look for you know, other opportunities, particularly on the product side. You know, we're, we're in active discussions with uh, you know, opportunities that are coming our way. One of the, one of the byproducts of uh, market forces like this taking place is there's consolidation opportunity. And there are brands, whether public or private, that would be better suited to come under our public umbrella. So I'm actively in discussions with uh, other CPG based companies, whether they're health and beauty lines now and want to have CBD or their CBD lines and they already have distribution. We're not going to stop assessing the opportunity to take advantage of the market right now and take advantage of our ability to do transactions, to continue to prepare. We don't stop operating. Right. We don't stop looking for growth. In well, look, no, some CEOs do. I, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. Uh, some CEOs just freeze deer in headlights, panic, don't know what to do and think that let me shut off all the lights, shut off all communications and hope this goes away. And uh, it's, that's not hyperbole that happens. Whereas, you know, this has to go back. I'm assuming also Steve to your, to your like you know, to your six Sigma certification that, uh, during bad times, there's chaos and there's great opportunity and that you're going to be one of those few CEOs that finds a way to turn this into a opportunity for the company. 
Well, you know, you know we, we have to keep optimistic. I mean, we, we must be uh, pragmatic uh, in, in all aspects and all facets. It, it forces us to look at everything, uh, look at every opportunity, every risk uh, under a microscope uh, and act. You know, we cannot sit by idly and not act. Uh, and we've, you know, we, we've seen that operationally. The team, uh, the Sun Valley Health Operations team, they uh, did not sit idly by. Their, their response rates to change have been phenomenal. And, you know, one of the virtues of that time back in GE was the concept of being a change agent and um, embracing change. Well, this is a, a perfect case in point. We're, we're in a crisis right now. Um, if we're not prepared to augment, change, adjust, um, we won't survive. So I'm so proud of our team for their responsiveness to uh, change requirements. And, and they're on it. You know, I, I joined their call today, their team call, and just, just listened in. And they, they are on every detail. They're talking to each other daily. They're adjusting their processes and protocols like literally minute by minute, day by day, depending on what's coming up. And as we're getting information back from the experts like the CDC and OSHA about health and safety of facilities employees. So, you know, that's the type of stuff that uh, we have to be doing. It's our responsibility to, to not sit idly by and just allow this to run us over. We'll do everything in our power to, to get a hold of it and stay out in front of it. Steve, this has uh, been a really refreshing, really enlightening, empowering, pardon the pun, empowering you know, interview with you. For everyone who's watching at home or if you're listening via Spotify or whatever the case may be, it's clear. One thing above everything else is clear in all this. Your words aren't jargon. Your words aren't cliches that you're throwing out there. Uh, they're backed by real action and you guys are on top of this. And that's amazing to watch because if you're able to perform like this during the difficult times, like I said, I, I just can't wait to see uh, how you guys are going to perform later on the year or next year when, you know, things are pretty much going to be back to norm. But congratulations on what you guys have achieved so far. Thank you. This is the third time you've been on in three months. And I'm going to suspect, uh, I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth, I'm going to suspect with everything you have on the go and the franchising, we've you've got extraction, you've got the clinics, you've got franchising, and they're all doing well that we're going to have you back on real soon. But in the meantime, thanks for joining us and uh, keep you and your family safe until then. Great. Thank you, Georgia. We really appreciate this uh, forum of Agoracom and the ability to communicate. It's, it's been fantastic for us. Right. We're glad to have you because we want great companies communicating when, when they're doing amazing things. For everyone at home, you've been watching Steve McCauley. He's CEO, Empower Clinics. Uh, trades on the CSC under the stock symbol CBDT. You can't forget that symbol. It's a beautiful one. For our friends in the U.S., on the OTCQB, the stock symbol is EPWCF. And for our friends in Europe, on Frankfurt under 8EC, you've watched and or heard what Steve had to say. The due diligence part now is up to you. Start that at Agoracom. Go to the company's hub. Read through the profile information. If you're watching this interview for the first time and you haven't seen Steve before, Watch the last three or four interviews because those are going to give you even more information. Get rid of the company's website. And then finally, come back to the forum. That's a verified forum. You can start asking questions and getting your answers directly from Steve and his team. And that kind of accessibility says everything. Good luck to you all. Hope you're all staying safe. Make sure to self-isolate. But remember, 
during this time, do some due diligence. You're at home. It's a great time to do it. And I think Empower Clinics has got to be the top of your list. Have a great day. Be safe. Talk to you soon.